This morning, I want to share with you what and how God sees us. And why is it so important for us to walk in the identity that God has given to us, this new creation? I want to start with Romans. You know, Romans is a beautiful book. I think Romans, I don't give, you, you know, I'm not doing credit by just these 25 minutes. I would encourage you to go and read Romans. Pastor Dima, she came, Romans 8.28. It was not pre-organized. She asked me, what are you speaking on? And I said, Romans 8.28 onwards. And then she smiled. That's all she did. It's God ordained and God wants to minister and speak. So Romans 8, it starts with, you know, verse 1. And it starts with, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How good is that verse? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to go through the verses, but I'm going to jump on to verse 28 onwards. We're just going to meditate on this one. And he says this. This is what Paul's writing. Paul's writing to those who are in Rome, loved by God. He says that in chapter 1. And he says this one here, verse 28 onwards. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That means... All things work for the good condition those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. I want to start now and tell, tell you this. You know, salvation. Have you ever thought this? Have you ever shared the gospel to someone and they could just not comprehend what the gospel is about? Have you, have you shared? I've done in my lifetime. I have done. I've shared the gospel. I've shared the gospel to my cousin who's rich, who's got the wealth. as much money that you can. He lives in Malaysia and he says, if you have money, you can do anything. His son, one of his, one of his son is a pilot. The other one is a doctor and his daughter is a lawyer. He's got all the money that he could have. But when I shared the gospel, when we shared the gospel, he just could not see salvation. But you know what this word says? That God revealed Jesus to you into I. God revealed Jesus to you and to I. Have you asked that question, why? Why me? I've asked that question, Lord. That person could not comprehend. That person could not see the cross. That person could not see whatever that was there. Why did you reveal Jesus to me? I tell you what, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. I will never let that go. Why me, God? Can I ask you to think? And that's what the Bible says, that God chose you. God revealed His Son to you. That you could see salvation and you could confess and you could receive Jesus that you can have eternal life. And there were people that I've preached to or shared the gospel to have passed away. 
But you know what this verse says? That God chose you to reveal Jesus. Are you thankful? I tell you what, I'm so grateful for Jesus. I would not replace it with anything else. The wealth in this world, position, power. But he chose to reveal Jesus to you and to I that we could see the cross and accept Jesus. And he says before the foundation was put on this world, God already knew that you were going to be saved. What, does, what should that bring about? You know what? That should bring about a thankfulness towards God. That should bring about a, a dedication towards Him. That should bring about a, a reflection of how much we should love God, that God chose to reveal Jesus to you and to I. Not everybody gets that. Isn't that right? Not everybody gets there. Come on, church. Not everybody was able to see Jesus. Not everybody was able to see or understand the cross. And when we hear about the people who have passed away, you know, when the reason, you know what? When Shane Warren passed away, I, that was a shock for me. I don't know about you. That was a shock for me at that age. But you know what? I don't know if he knew the Lord. I don't know if he ever heard the gospel and his eyes was never open. I don't know if that ever took place, but God she revealed he God revealed himself to you and to, to, to me. And that requires a response from us as, as we want to get deeper into God, as we want to have this relationship with God. Because God chose you. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading and let's keep going. The first thing you want to ask is, why me? You know, Ephesians 1.4 says, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. You look at worse after worse after worse. Go to the next one, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I'll tell you what, I've asked this question, why me, God? What did I do to deserve that I could see salvation? There was a man called John, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace. How beautiful every time that you, you know, I sing that song, there's something stirs within my heart. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, we got to keep on preaching the gospel. It doesn't mean when someone shakes their head and they say, no, I don't want to believe in Jesus, we let go. We keep doing, keep, keep preaching, keep sharing, keep believing, keep being an example until they see. Maybe God's got that timing, but I've known people who just never saw that and ended up, I don't know where they're going to spend eternity. 
You know, one day we all will leave, whether it is Jesus coming back or we will die and we will meet our maker. Isn't that right? Shane Warne may have gone first, but we're just following behind, are we? We just don't know when. Isn't that right? Life is so temporal, church. Come on. Let's keep reading. What does Paul say? I'm going to go. So let's go to verse number 31. 31 says, What then shall we say in respond to, response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him, him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? What does that say? You know, love gives. Do you know, love gives. I don't know if you recall this passage of Scripture. Who was the other person who I was asked to give his son? Abraham. Genesis 22, God said, Abraham, he called out to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I want you to take your only son, whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice your son to the region of Moriah. I'm going to show you a mountain. I want you to go down there and sacrifice your only son. You know what he did? He actually went. Oh my goodness, when you actually think about it, I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know what you would have done in that situation. 75 when he heard that God's going to give him a child. He was 100 when he got the child. And they reckon, historians reckon he was about 25 years old. Isaac was 25 years old when this was taking place. So he gets his servant and gets a don two servants, a donkey, wood for fire, takes a fire, takes a knife, and he just follows. And he goes and he goes and God says, okay, that's where you need to go. And he asks the, asks the servants to stay behind. He gets Isaac to carry the wood. He takes the fire and he takes the knife and he goes upstairs. And he builds an altar. And you read the Bible, he, he bound Isaac. He bound Isaac and he put him on the altar. And he took a dagger to just sacrifice him. You, oh, you read that. Genesis chapter 20, so that's what actually happened. When he was about to sacrifice him, and the angel said, stop. But you know, God went all the way with the dagger with Jesus. God went all the way with the dagger with Jesus. For you and for us, for me. Isn't that right? He went all the way. It was not the Romans who put him on the cross. It was not the mob who said, crucify him, who put him on the cross. But it was God. Why? I tell you what, that's the love of God. You know, love gives. Isn't that right? Love gives, love gives, love gives, love gives. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, He gave. Is that right? 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's the love that motivated Him to give. This is what we're reading here. And that's what Paul is telling the Romans. Hey, God so loves you. That's why He gave His only begotten Son to die on the cross. What is our response? And then, you know, this is what this is what Paul's getting to the Romans. God loves you. God loves you. You know, last week, Elisha and I, we've been having this, you know, he, we, he was involved in an accident. I told him not to go somewhere and he went. <laughs> All right. And I ended up spending, it cost me $5,000 just to fix that up. That was a lot of money. That's a lot of money, isn't it? But I gave. Last week, he wanted, a, he wanted a laptop because he started uni, and he said, Dad, I want a laptop. And, and um, you know how nowadays Mac Pro is the popular one? Is that right? Mac Pro is a popular one, and he said, oh, all my friends around me are using Mac Pro. I can't use a PC, you know? Peer pressure with computers, you know? But you know what? I took him to this store, and it cost me $1,700 to buy him a Mac Pro, MacBook Pro. And I bought it for him. But, but not once have I regretted. Do you know what I mean? I, I did not regret. But you know what? Can I tell you? I have never bought a laptop more than $500. Right? <laughs> I would always go for the refurbished ones and the second-hand ones. I'd be looking at Marketplace and the Ebays and Grace Online. <laughs> but when my wife said, oh, that's what he's after, you know what love gives? You know what I mean? Love just gives. And not once did I regret it. Not once did I think, why did I give that? You know what I mean? And that's what John is saying, 3.16, for God so loves you and I, that he gave, that he gave. And then he continues reading. So if you continue to Read that. And he says that. Verse 33. And then he goes, Who will bring any charge against those God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? Oh, I tell you, these verses are powerful. Can I tell you, if you keep reading the continuum, and he says, No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And he says, so he brings this situation to a courtroom now and he says, hey, you have God who is a judge, Jesus who is your advocate, and the judge has justified you and I. And he's asking this question, if the judge who has justified each one of us, who is it who can bring condemnation against us? Oh, that's powerful scripture. If you continue reading, let's continue reading. And he says, he says, no one. And he says, so he asks the question. And he answers that no one, Christ Jesus who has died, more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And then he goes on, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
And he says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And he answers that question, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's what he says. He says, nothing can separate us. And he says, he says that in all of those things, you know, trouble will come. But the word says, no, in your trouble, you will be more than conquerors. God can make that happen. Isn't that right? You know, Joseph flourished wherever he went. Isn't that right? He was sold as a slave and he flourished at the Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar's house. He went to the prison and he flourished in the prison that he went to. Can I encourage you, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, God, why is all these problems that's around me? Why is all these circumstances that's around me? I want to tell you something that God is with you. That's your identity. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And can I tell you, you are going to flourish wherever you are once we get and we know our identity and begin to confess and we need to walk in it. God brings us through circumstances. God brings us through situations. But can I tell you, the Word of God says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He's with you. I don't know what you are going through, but God knows exactly what you're going through. And He's exactly there with you. Through that circumstance, through that situation. Because the Word of God says, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. You know, it goes on. I'm going to continue reading. And it says, verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life in this life, neither angels nor demons, nor angelic being, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's talking about salvation. Do you know there's no one that can take away your salvation from you? Because they're sealed by God. So what happens? So many times we have this question. So what happens when, you know, when we, when we talk about this? And you know, I remember at, the, at Bible college when I was studying, you know, we had this question. Does that mean everyone who comes to the church a believer and will end up in heaven because your salvation is sealed. Because when we confess, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we are saved. So God, not only that's what we saw, we saw our sins, past, present, and future is forgiven. Past, present, and future is forgiven. That's the word of God. You know, sometimes we think the enemy don't want us to know that. Do you know that? Sometimes we walk with conviction thinking, I have sinned against God and God can't forgive me. I'm embarrassed to face God. But the Bible says your past, present, and your future sins are forgiven. And that's why it says there's nothing, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's our identity. That's our identity. When we confess our sins, 
Do you know our conscience becomes clear? There's a God who loves us and He's given His Son to die on the cross. You know, many times we, we, some Christians have a wrong concept of one day they are saved, the next day they're not saved. Do you know that? I've, I've, I've seen many Christians, good Christians who think, you know, who thinks one day they're saved and the next day they're not saved. No, salvation doesn't work that way. Salvation is nothing can take away what God has deposit, deposited in, your, in our hearts and in our life. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8. So this question came up. That means, Paul, does that mean everyone who, you know, comes to church was saved and they will go to heaven? And that's when, you know, we came to this conclusion and we said, maybe they were never saved. You could sit in the church and they would never be saved. I remember the day I, my eyes were open. I was born in a Christian family, in a Pentecostal Christian family, going to church every day. But it was when I was 18 years old, I remember the presence of God was so real. There's a heaven and there's a hell. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. There is a heaven, there is a hell. And life is temporal. And you have to decide where your destiny is going to be. Maybe you're sitting down here and you're thinking, is there a goal? I'll give you my testimony. When I had a look at the, you know, when you look at the sun, and I said to myself, who is it that created the sun? Whoever created the sun has got to be much more powerful than the sun, isn't that right? I don't think men will ever get to the sun, isn't that right? Who is it that created that? I look at the wonders on this earth and I just go, wow. When you put a seed and this seed that you plant comes out. Photosynthesis, everything else that takes place and you have this big tree that comes out. Who controls that? The seasons that we go through, the four seasons, the sun comes out, the sun goes down. Who is it who controls all of that? Some people say it's a big bang. I'll tell you what, it's got to be a big, big, big bang to do that. Isn't that right? There's so much order that goes on on this earth. There is a God who created everything that is in it. We used to come from a Hindu background. And we used to worship idols. And we used to say that the idols were the ones that created everything that is in here. If you tell me now, you know, the idols created the sun the moon and everything in it. You make your judgment. But there is a God who created everything on this side. And He created you and I. We saw in this Bible, He's a God who loves us so crazy, so He gave. Salvation is 
believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we are saved. There's nothing else to it. It's not about giving money to church. It's not about coming to church. You don't get saved because you pray. You don't get saved because you read the Bible. You get saved when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come stand with me this morning. going to pray. Maybe you're standing here and then you've never heard the gospel message or you've heard it and it just didn't click or never understood what is salvation. What God says we are sinners. I can remember, you know, I was six years old when I started stealing from my dad's pocket. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. that reason Jesus died on the cross for our sins when you believe that and confess with your mouth and go God forgive my sins Lord I believe you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins that is all it takes to have eternal life you know that that is all it takes to have eternal life so if you're standing here and you need to say that prayer come say that with me Heavenly Father, I believe you sent your Son to die on the cross for my sins. Come forgive my sins. Come into my heart, Lord. That I may know the God who loves me so much. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song. You know, the thing that really touched my heart as I was preparing is why me God so many people that I know around me that just cannot comprehend this gospel God chose to reveal his son to me I said I want to sing this song amazing grace how sweet the sound we'll sing that and we'll end in prayer we'll just sing that a few times